Hello once again, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A podcast all about Moon Knight with reviews and just general banter between two people on the internet. Which is pretty unheard of. I have one of the first two, Connor. Uh, and I'm the other host, Ray. And uh, and this episode, we are looking at the latest run again of um, Max Bemis and Jason Burrows. This time, it's Volume 9, Issue 192, Crazy Runs in the Family, Part 5, uh, plus a lot of feedback um, and also other bits of news in general. So please grab your issue, sit back, relax, and get your conchu on. It is a fantastic uh, discussion coming. This is, once again, quite an issue coming up. I um, apologize for my absence for the past two weeks, but it is good to be back in the chair recording. Um, just some stuff going on. Sometimes you can't control, although maybe I could mm-hmm. control being sick. It's tough. But regardless, <laughs> we're here. We're in the now. Definitely good to be back. And Ray, outside of absolutely killing it with uh hosting a podcast by yourself and then last week's fantastic three-hour behemoth oh, with chris a lot of fun which i'm yeah. very sad to have missed oh. uh how you been yeah it yeah, been um been pretty good actually uh just you know the um as as chris would put it uh you know our alter egos the uh the other side of life reality is just the daily grind but um yeah no looking forward to um actually looking forward to cracking into um, this issue on this episode we've got the latest issue by um, Max Bemis and Jason Burrows and I forgot to mention in the intro uh, we have again a special guest narrator uh, for the Bare Bones and he's a he's a fellow loony so we, we've now had a couple of loonies come on the show and um, Corey so he's going to give us that uh, and I'm looking forward to that but um, yeah no nothing uh, oh, nothing special in life Connor it's just uh just been um you know plodding along uh glad to hear that you you're feeling better as well and and always gra- uh, always glad to have you back as well it's it's uh, uh we've missed you the last two episodes but um yeah yeah looking forward to to reviewing this comic book with you uh yeah it is um lost my train of thought just looking at this fantastic cover getting ready to review it um yeah i've got to admit things have been pretty much the same for me i've been a bit away but have been keeping up we've uh, had some uh as you know hopefully listening to this and then jumping across to some other podcasts we got the damnation cross podcast review with ourselves um sons of the dragon defenders tv podcast and inner demons i've caught up i've read the Damnation issue one and uh, the Doctor Strange issue, which you mm-hmm. can find reviews on for the first issue of Damnation at uh, Sons of the Dragon, and the latest uh, Doctor Strange issue at Defenders TV podcast. And just want to catch up by saying that event is amazing. Mm, definitely, it's going fantastically. Such a strong little start, and I hope. Uh, and we have ourselves re- uh, reviewing the second issue next week, so I hope uh, we do it just as much justice. Oh, look, it, it is a really good, um, it's really a really tight opening, I think, um, to the, to the event, Damnation. Um, the, the hosts over at Sons of the Dragon did a really good job opening up. It's always a bit hard opening up with the first issue because it's, it's basically a setup issue, isn't it? And, um, and I think there were, well, maybe no surprises there that, uh, we didn't see, you know, our namesake characters in there just yet because, um, you know, we're kind of establishing it. What I found interesting, Connor, was that um, 
we got a bit more of the uh, the usual Avengers in there, you know, with uh, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Thor, and uh, and with uh, the Defenders TV podcast review of the Doctor Strange tie-in, which was a very solid issue as well for a tie-in. Um, yeah, we had a bit more of a, a role there from Jane Foster Thor, which I didn't really pick. Um, yeah, did you uh, did you see any of any of these little twists and turns coming? Yeah, not at all. Like I thought, the Avengers would just be gone. I thought it'd mm, be really sort same. of tight and concise. But it's nice; it makes more sense for the universe. Yeah, and yeah. Just, um... It was yeah. I was really impressed. I just listened uh, yesterday to um, the Doctor Strange issue three eighty six review by the Defenders TV podcast, and it was really well done by Derek and John. Um, it was a really. I found it a really nice tale as well. A very classic tale of you know someone versus basically the devil. Um, and it it had its um, it had its Donny Cates and Marvel humor in there as well, so um, it was quite enjoyable. And of course, bats. How can we not talk about bats? He seems to be a bit of a <laughs> bit of a uh, um, you know shining character so far in Damnation. So hopefully he st- he hangs around and has more of a regular um, presence. But yeah, we're looking forward to Damnation too. So that will be in our next episode. Um, we will also have a, a guest uh, on the show as well, our, our second, I guess, live guest, and it's a big one. We've got um, we've got our man on the streets, Tommy, who usually does a lot of research for us and a lot of writing for us. Uh, Connor, he's going to be on the show. How cool is that? Whoa! Yeah. So, um, Just so getting ready to replace me. No, 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 not at all. Um, but, you know, his people are speaking to our people. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun to, to have a yarn with Tommy um, on Damnation 2. Uh, having said that, I guess, Connor, um, on the news front, before we get into our Over the Moon review, uh, not much has happened, I guess, uh, if you don't count, I guess, the Damnation event, which, let's face it, Moon Knight had a very small, albeit one panel of him on there. Um, there's not much... Oh, actually... I haven't got this in the notes here, Connor, but one of the other bits of news, uh, there was a, and I released it in the um, in our Facebook group, there is a, uh, a little preview of Damnation 2, which is the issue that we'll be reviewing oh, next episode. Sweet. Yeah, I'll put that in the group there. There are a cu- just a couple of pages. Oh, wait, no, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we did see a little bit more of Moon Knight there. No spoilers, but it's um, yeah. uh, just pretty much a setup again. Uh, one of our contacts from Twitter um, tweeted us with that, so I thought I'd just chuck that in there. But of course, if you don't want to be spoiled, um, by all means, um, we won't do that just yet as well. Um, just be sure to pick up your your issue. So aside yeah, from that, I mean, yeah. Sorry, Connor. Oh, I was just to say, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, next week, it was, and uh, it's nice to be kicking off our review with uh, the start of the new Midnight Suns, which is pretty exciting for our task of taking on issue two. Yeah, yeah, it'll be very exciting. I'm not looking, I mean, I'm not only looking forward to, um, you know, all the characters like Iron Fist, Moon Knight, um, Blade and Ghost Rider, um, but there are a couple of other ones there that look really cool as well, like uh, Man-Thing, Elsa Bloodstone and uh, Brother, v- is it Brother Voodoo, or, um, Jericho Drum. Mm. That'll be pretty cool because they, they haven't been used that often um, and I absolutely love Elsa Bloodstone. I think she did really well in Next Wave and in... Um, in the Secret Wars, there was a, um, a limited series of her in Marvel Zombies. Um, yeah, she's just fantastic, and uh, yeah, and Man Thing's pretty cool as well. So, um, 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, Damnation 2, cannot wait next week. Um, other than that, for news, uh, there's just something that I, I pulled up. I pulled up a little minnow from the water with a, you know, with a little bit of a baited hook, and I only, I only caught this little fella. Um, it's just an article of uh, 10 comics um, that you have to read, or t- 10 comics to read this week. And uh, yeah, you have to read it, guys. Get out of podcast. I'm telling you now. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, and and I kind of say this, uh, you know, a little cringeworthy, but uh, basically, Moon Knight uh, 192, which is the issue that we'll re- review this episode. It's it was on that list. Um, if you look at the article, there's really absolutely nothing it tells you about the, the issue, other than uh, <laughs> one of the yeah one of the journalists or one of the writers has picked it and just um, thrown it in there. So. Uh, apart from the two line synopsis that that comes with, I guess when it was released, um, it was just mentioned as one of the top ten. So, you know, I guess there you go. But uh, nothing really much to glean from that that article there. Uh, we'll put that in the in the show notes. Um, you can you can read it at your leisure. But uh, um, but there's really not much. There. It's got some actually interesting other issues there, Connor. Um, what really caught my eye, and I'm not a DC fella, was uh, is it Mira? The um, Aquaman's. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. She's got a um, she's got a comic uh, series coming out as well, which um, yeah, I guess you know, I do like Namor, so I guess you got to check out the DC versions, right? <laughs> uh, any other issues here that may have interested you, Connor? Um, I am just having an email. Um, Thanos has always been Thanos. Um, uh, yeah. uh, it's always been amazing, so Saga just sort of like, uh, well, I mean, Thanos is just absolutely just so much fun. It's just kind mm. of dark, a bit edgy, but it's still got that Kate's touch and that Marvel magic of just being full of wit. Yes. A bit of dry humour. Um, Saga's always great. All New Wolverine yeah. is like my favourite X book at the ah, moment, okay. which is super good. Uh, how are you finding um, Exo Man of War issue twelve is on this one? Um, are you still following that on Valiant Comics? No, it's, mm. it's um, it became a. Uh, I dropped it for a bit. I think I'm just going to catch up and trade because I, yeah. I, wa- I think I want to pick up the latest two issues because I think he's returned to Earth now. But y- yes, the stuff in space just sort of kind of went nowhere for me. So yeah. I think I'll go back grab the latest two issues and then get ready for Harbinger Wars two. Yeah, it's coming up big time. That's a good idea. It, it kind of did, yeah, it did plateau a little. I found um, his, uh, you know, jaunts in space. But yeah, looking forward to him coming back to Earth as well. Um, yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, yeah, look, there other other ones here. Um, not really. There's a Action Comics nine ninety eight. Look, I'm waiting for the Action Comics one thousand. I guess that's getting a lot of um, generating a lot of interest at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's not exactly Moon Knight, is it? <laughs> so, uh, uh, no. I mean, look, look, hey, Superman's great. Um, yeah, we'll we'll catch up. But um, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'll. I think I'll just wait for issue one thousand. That'd be pretty cool. All right. Well, um, with that, sorry, sorry, bit of uh, of news there, loonies. <laughs> I'm very glad we have um, like a new issue coming out, whether it's. Moon Knight or Damnation, or when we'll be mm. covering like the Scarlet Spider tie-ins of all things. It's just yeah. something to keep us in a bit of a dry spell. Yeah, it's keeping mm. us. Yeah, keeping us busy. And let's not forget as well. Um, we've got to pin 
um, this to our boards as well, Daredevil 600, uh, where oh, Moon Knight... Yeah. yeah, because it wasn't that long ago. I read 599, and um, I think Rebecca showed us as well uh, that last splash page of a lot of the street-level characters. Um, oh, are you okay there? You're yeah. Right? Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I thought you fell off your chair or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So Midnight will be. We hope to be. Um, you, you know, in a lot of the pages of Daredevil six hundred. So yeah, we've got a fair few things um, lined up for Moonlight. So that's pretty cool. Uh, look, look before we, you know, we drag this out any further. <laughs> let's go over the moon. All right, we are back with Over the Moon here, and um, in this episode, we are, as mentioned, looking at Moon Knight Volume 9, Issue 192, Crazy Runs in the Family, Part 5. Very exciting. Uh, It's the second last part of this first arc for Moon Knight's latest series, and uh, and we're very happy to have with us... um, Kind of Corey Hardiman put up his hand. I, I I threw it out there again in the um, Facebook community. I said, look, you know, uh, anyone else keen on on uh, reading out some bare bones? You know, it, it's really cool. I think it's I think it's um, well, I find important for our community, the the Moon Knight community, is that uh, yeah, that like we kind of I don't know um, involve anyone who wants to be like you know involved with this stuff so um totally open for anyone who's keen on on coming on to the show and and Corey put up his hand he said yep i'll take uh, i'll take this one so uh we've got Corey. he's from nova scotia in canada uh and um we'll give a bit more of a shout out later on in our spectacle but Corey is actually a creator himself uh he has his own title he's working on a novel um based on his character sister mercy and um, anyway, without further ado, I'll throw it over to Corey to give us the bare bones. Moon Knight Volume 9, Issue 192, Crazy Runs in the Family, Part 5. Released February 2018. Writer, Max Bemis. Artist, Jason Burroughs. Inks, Guillermo Ortego. Colors, Matt Lopez. Letterer, VCs, Corey Petit. Editor, Jake Thomas. In Mark's apartment, the massage of an undead Frenchie chats with Mark at the kitchen table whilst each was placed with their toys. The two chat about the hows and whys of Mark seeing Frenchie now as a zombie, and it's Mark who recalls the waking nightmare which in fact occurred during the little mirror and Smallwood run. Frenchie's understanding of Mark's fantasy of seeing his best friend die and how it is a coping mechanism of Mark's disorder, and it is from this that Mark feels a sense of relief. As father and daughter discuss playtime against saving mum, a brick from outside shatters their inner peace. It is a small army of criminals, the very same pack of criminals which had found a common enemy in Moon Knight, led by Bushman and the Truth. They coax Mark to come down and engage with them, with an incentive being the elderly woman held hostage from the front desk of Mark's apartment. With no choice but to comply, Moon Knight dons his costume and is taken in by the unruly crew. Bushman and the Truth's intent is for Moon Knight to accompany them on a boat, headed for the villain's new home, which fortuitously happens to be where Marlene is. It is this very fact which convinces Moon Knight against bludgeoning the room full of people, 
and to follow Bushman's lead onto the awaiting vessel. Amidst the raging storm, the ship carrying Moon Knight, Bushman, the Truth, and the others rocks precariously against the mighty waves with Flash at the bow. Moon Knight is bound against one of the masts and is at the mercy of Bushman's sadism. Not wanting to be merely a victim of the psychotic villain, Moon Knight takes the initiative and attacks Bushman. In a show of remarkable skill and ingenuity, Moon Knight frees himself from the mast and proceeds to take on every single thug on board with startling results. The dozen crew members are left either unconscious or overboard as Moon Knight's skill makes short work of them. Bushman lunges at Moon Knight in one final attempt, but Moon Knight is at the ready and without remorse. He slices two of Bushman's fingers off with a razor-sharp crescent dart. Moon Knight forces one of the beaten crew to show him around the ship, and it's not long before he uncovers a large group of civilians in the belly of the beast. They seem to be willing participants to migrate to the island towards which they are headed, and of which Moon Knight is left more perplexed. A quick chat with the truth reveals to Mark that his hope for a better world is the most tragic form of disassociation. Has Mark's motivation to do good been a mere willingness to ignore the blood on his hands? With this thought, they arrive on the island. Moon Knight is greeted by the Sun King on his island Ra, a tropical and bustling place contrasted with island huts and armed militia. It is Sun King's intention to build a populace of people, disgruntled by society, and to form a nation that will upheave the world. Before that, Sun King wishes for Moon Knight to partake in a ritual which he hopes will elucidate Moon Knight into his true calling. Later that evening, Mark and the Sun King both drink a concoction in the hope that it will free their minds. In their affected state, they meet Amon Ra, Khonshu, and all of Mark's identities. Ra shows Khonshu and Mark the flip side of heroism. What is shown are the greater consequences and the moral ambiguities that present themselves when taking on heroic action. Ra surmises that it's pain, neglect, and tragedy which form prophets and saviors, and with this, he sets Khonshu aflame. Mark comes out of his trance, and as the naked flames look higher into the night sky before him, Mark concludes that Ra is right. Thank you. I'm Corey Hardyman. Check out Sister Mercy at Facebook and also on whitefirecomics.com. Thanks. Yes, thank you, Corey, for the bare bones to this, the latest issue of Max Bemis and Jason Burroughs' Moon Knight 192. Uh, Connor, I guess first impressions, what did you think of this issue? It certainly pulled in uh, many more directions than I was thinking we were going in from reading that preview, which was um, a surprise and a delight, admittedly. Mm-hmm. I think it was very cool once some um, very sort of, let's just say, not boring and uncliched directions. Um, I think what's being done, like, I think it sticks with a lot of what I've said about this run before that I like what it's doing and I like, um, and I certainly enjoyed this issue, but there are just certain things that just haven't been perfected mm-hmm. when it comes to the writing. So I think it's, it's a mixed bag, but by the end of it, I was still, um, not, it wasn't, no, mixed bag is usually a bit more, a bit more in the middle. I think, it, it definitely had its problems, but I still walked away with. I still walked away from this issue satisfied, and you know, definitely wanting that next issue really soon. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I um, uh, 
yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this issue. I thought this was um, I thought this was pretty cool. It, it had a good a good pacing to it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, it kind of like it shot out of there, you know. And it was quite cinematic. There was a lot of action pieces, and a few little things fell off on the sides, as you know, as it as it kind of veered towards its goal, um, which were to me, I thought, okay, which were noticeable. But um, but overall, I thought it was uh, I thought it was enjoyable, and and um, again, I do like my action, and, and there was plenty of it here, and I love the way Burroughs um, depicts the fight scenes uh, for Moon Knight. Oh yeah, it's so well done, uh, and it really gives you that kind of um, you know uh, street level kind of um, grittiness, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, it was good. It had a few things here and there that yeah we can pick upon, but um, yeah let, let's uh, let's get into it then. Um, our aspects, Connor. Uh, shall I, how how about uh, I'll, how about you? First one. Uh, first one. Mm-hmm. Where shall I start? Yes, I suppose I'll start at the start of the issue with mm-hmm. uh, probably one of the. Uh, the big follow-up from the cliffhanger of last issue, we see Frenchie's return. Uh, yeah. They sort of sit down, Mark's, you know, still pitching this horrifying, zombified version of um, <laughs> Frenchie, but it was just a nice little uh, two-page conversation between them about Mark's sort of, you know, connection to Frenchie and... Um, yes. And just sort of everything that led to sort of almost, you know, reforming their friendship for the status quo going forward. It's, um, I think I very much liked what it was doing, uh, mm-hmm. but I think, like, this is sort of one of the things. I don't think all of the dialogue in these two pages quite landed. Uh, they definitely got the intention across, and it's a bit weird kind of shoved into this massive battle, especially since he has no other nothing else to do in this issue, but I hope, my biggest hope, and why I didn't sort of bring up the solicitations that you guys talked about last week, earlier, mm-hmm. just sort of being a way that I hope this is just sort of a quick little two-page thing setting up um, Frenchie's sort of involvement, further involvement, when you when we see the more one-shot type stories after the next issue. Yeah, um, this was interesting. Did you... So what, what's your take on Frenchie here? Like, is he really there? or um, Because there were two ways that I could have seen it happen. And, and the first, I'll tell you my fir- the first one, um, when I first read it, um, I had the impression that, okay, so he came in and Mark's seeing Frenchie as a zombie, right? Um, but he's not really. Obviously, it's Mark's psyche that is, is forming this look on Frenchie's face or, you know, um, the vision of Frenchie. But essentially, Frenchie is there. Like, he did actually come over to look after Deatrice, but we just see him as a, a bit of a zombie because we see it through the eyes of Mark. And as, as I read it to the second page as well, you see him strip off his zombie kind of look. Um, and, you know, there's a bit of humour here. Don't stand on Frenchie's skin, uh, Mark's saying to, to Deatrice. Um, but I thought essentially he's there, right? Um, the second interpretation is that I guess he's not there at all. Like... Uh, because I think it's well kind of done in that Deatrice never really engages in Frenchie and it's almost kind of like a sixth sense thing, you know. Um, it kind of looks like he's in the room, but maybe he isn't. Um, what's your take on it? I definitely saw him as there because I feel like, mm. I mean, totally up for interpretation. If I'm wrong, you know, I'm fairly to accept I'm wrong with whatever 
Bemis is cooking up, but I definitely think he was uh, he was there. Yeah, you know, it was um, an important conversation and have is the sort of very physical and mental of like taking off the skin. But you know, it makes sense for him to actually be there, be there to look after. Um, Deatrice. Uh, Deatrice. Yeah. I kind of forgot her name. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I... But yeah, the, the, the thing that kind of gets me though, when I was rereading it again, was that Frenchie's talking about um, Mark's adventures, and, and it's, it's cited in the um, editor's notes. Um, it was the Lemire and Smallwood run. And, um, uh, and he says to Mark, you know, um, if I had seen you get murdered in a waking nightmare of insane asylums and Egyptian gods, you saw it, you felt it, you know, you'd be you'd be seeing this. You know, he's saying I don't blame you for for seeing this because, you know, you um you saw your friend get murdered. Now, if Frenchie, like, how how does the real Frenchie know that? You know what I mean? If this, um, the only thing I can think of is that this Frenchie is a total figment of Mark's imagination, and that's why he's kind of. Um, you know, privy to the fact that, you know, he kind of, Mark is seeing him as a zombie because, because, you know, Mark had gone through an ordeal um, in the Lemire Smallwood run. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but I don't know, yeah, I mean, not exactly like you, I thought I thought he was there. And the other thing as well, um, which kind of gets me a little, is Frenchie's accent. It's not, it's not there, basically. Um, ever since we've seen Frenchie from the beginning, uh, he's had a very heavy French accent. Um, yeah, and we don't get it at all here. Um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, I say as well, I think, I think there was a bit of passage of time from the last issue to this one, from appearing at the door to sitting down and having their coffee to sort of oh, explain okay. what happened and why Mark's picturing him like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think, I think that's more just being this thing with the accent, just so, because, you know, it, can be sort of ridiculous and there's yeah it's kind of like the rogan gambit thing of their accents sort of really always stick out but it also doesn't make sense because of how varied you know the actual cast of the marvel universe is yet for some reason they're the only ones with accents when there's plenty of other people from you know their point of origin yeah that's true so it's part i don't know i kind of miss it i kind of like lamir's take of it like being sort of more subtle but still there but i don't know yeah i'm holding on to the past (laughs) no i'm with you i mean like when i read it 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 was flagged with me the first thing i you know the first couple of pages i did think while i was reading it oh he hasn't got the accent but it it didn't like affect me throughout the rest of the issue um but it was noticeable enough to actually kind of um yeah to actually kind of uh be aware of it so uh, yeah, I don't know. That was just a small, small little thing. But yeah, Frenchie's um, return is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, one of your first aspects. Um, I'm going to jump a little. Uh, my uh, first, well, my aspect. Um, one of the big things in this issue was the actual the Isle of Ra. I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool to actually see it, and um, to actually get a better sense of what the Sun King and and Bushman and the truth are trying to do, and and it is a bit of a maniacal plan, isn't it? He what what the Sun King wants to do is um, basically create a headquarters, but create I guess a little nation or community that will eventually um, kind of be the hub that will see the rest of the world crumble. Uh, so you see a mix of um, 
really weird, nice contrast of, uh, you know, beaches and sand and, and um, straw huts. But then you see guys walking around in military gear and in uh, with, with machine guns. Um, and then you also see on the boat, um, uh, like, a, a group of people that, that have volunteered, I guess. Um, and uh, maybe these people are, you know, running away from something or maybe they're facing a lot of hardships. And I can imagine they're the sort of people that Sun King would have targeted, um, quite impressionable people, and they've decided to, to give this a go. So they... Um, it doesn't look like they've got the the best um, <laughs> the best conditions in the boat to to get over to the island, but uh, but we have to remember that it's from their own um, free will that they want to go over there. So Sun King is is trying to build up a, an army and a nation um, to follow through with his plans. Um, what did you think, Connor, of, of such a, a different? Straight away, we're getting such a different. Um, environment for Moon Knight to, to play in. And uh, we get a sense of that more in the, the cover for next issue as well when he's in the jungle. But, uh, yeah, it's something quite different from, from Bemis. Um, what, do, what do you make of it? Um, I definitely agree. I think it's just sort of a different uh, playground. And I just, I, I, just, I just always sort of like having that uh, bit of change. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out next issue. But I suppose it's just such an interesting idea i like that the god of like chaos would be starting his own army to mm. someone to inflict his ideology on like that I, I think that makes a lot of sense for a character like the sun king and ra who's standing over him mm. and yeah. you know it's nice that it connects to the past as um karma who might have been tommy or someone who pointed out its connection to the island we saw in like mark specter moon knight mm-hmm. which is pretty cool um, oh yes, yeah. Yes. I think. Sorry, yeah, Burunda. I think was what. Yeah, Tommy had um, had dug that, dug up that a piece of information. Uh, Burunda was the island. Oh, was the country that um, Bushman had overtaken, basically. And I think this island is just off it, apparently. So. Yeah, yeah. which is awesome. Um, I think. Yeah, like I really, I think it's. I really like this playground. I think it's going to lead to a lot of fun action. I really love the um, boat scene, which is sort of my next aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just good setup. Admittedly, I think it just sort of runs into the problem of this actually only being a six-issue arc. I kind of wish mm-hmm. this story wasn't maybe had those one-shots spliced in between and just sort of more pulled out. I think we could have seen more of the Sun King's character and his change from the first issue to now just seems like we're just missing a bit in terms of his character, you know, yeah. condensed into five issues, and, you know, yeah. we sort of have this playground for the next issue where there's going to be the big battle, and then we know by issue seven of this run, mm. um, issue 194, we'll, we'll have left it again and this storyline yeah. behind. Maybe. Maybe the Sun King will still be around, but I don't know, it just feels... It's, yeah, it's just like so many good ideas that I wish were expanded and we got to see more of the character, but it still makes sense and still still yeah just yeah. a good idea yeah i wonder how much of that is from marvel and the editors and um and how much of that is from the writer because uh just today i was reading the latest i think it was issue 170 of black panther uh, i still collect that on digital and uh and that's great and tanahisi coates has no problem with uh it's up to part 11 so i think he's going to maybe wrap it up in part 12 but he's got no problems with having a larger arc, a longer arc, um, and 
and it's all the better for it, you know. And I totally agree with you with this. Uh, I'd like to see a lot more um, components of this story fleshed out a bit more as well. Uh, it, it's still cool as well. I'm looking forward to the, uh, you know, part six. Um, but I can see so much more potential of, of actually, you know, maybe Moon Knight um, being on the island for a bit longer and, and, and seeing how that plays out, uh, you know, and, and the relationship between the truth and, and the Sun King and, and Bushman. Um, there's a lot of stuff here that I don't think they can wrap up in the last issue. Um, so I wonder, like, you know, if... if um, if Tanahisi Coates was saying, "Look, you know, I got this this story, and it's it's not going to fit in six parts. I'm going to make it twelve, and they said okay," or if um, Marvel or, or the editors were like, "You know, let's just try and keep it six at most um, for trades." But having said that, if it is trade worthy, then just um, then just have two trades, you know, parts one to six and parts seven to twelve. I don't know. Yeah, possibly he maybe like feared it being cancelled at six, and oh, okay. you know, sort that of wanted well. to get something like maybe or. Yeah, you yeah. know who really knows, and you know this sort of, this complaint of mine doesn't come from like a place of, you know, anger. It's just like I, I enjoy this story, and because I enjoy it, it's just it's just a bit dis- disappointing. Only from like a place of love, and like you know, this is so good, I want it to be longer and it to, you know, feel proper. Like I feel this could easily, with you know, a bit of slicing, a bit of a bit of change up, could have easily been the twelve issue arc we wanted, or mm. as you said. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about your next aspect, Connor, which uh, you mentioned involved the boat? Yes, just sort of the just the fun, and we can just use this aspect to talk about how great Burroughs and Ortega? Ortega? Mm-hmm. Ortega. Ortega. Yeah. Uh, the battle scene on the boat, Bushman being an idiot, trying to get one up it on Mark and getting thumped down, and we just see a great, <laughs> just a full-on, absolutely incredible... Just bunch of just an amazing fight scene from two panel spreads to yeah, just everything. Just here from an art perspective was amazing. I think from the deep inks and the colors, it just I love the blue tinge of the water and that mm-hmm. sort of effect on the art. Then we see like the that very classic you know sort of orange background that works so well with um, Ortega's inks just to give it that bit of a darker edge to all the characters upon that background um burrows going absolutely mental with each hit and we get that you know we have like what is it one two five pages dedicated to just all that warfare and fingers being cut off and you know breaking knees and faces and it was just the violent side of me in all of us (laughs) satisfying you know we come back to moon knight for the you know, for being a bit edgy, I think. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. And 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 what a oh god, what action scenes here! This is fantastic. Look, let's go through it. I, as you mentioned, um, the the blue tinge of the sea and and the storm, which is really great. And then the first um, first uh, sense of the the action you get is, I think this is brilliant of how Mark's tied to the mast, and um, so he bites Bushman's hand, and that drops the knife. Uh, and Moon Knight manages to catch the knife with his hand. Uh, at the same time, he bites into Bushman's hand, uh, frees himself, and then he starts, you know, just starts punching his way around. And as you mentioned, there are vibrant yellows here to kind of, I guess, highlight the, um, 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 I guess, how volatile the fighting is. Uh, and that's kind of contrasted with him just on the deck, you know, just, just beating up on, on the crew. Uh, 
a few of these things here kind of I think are just I know almost hilarious. There's um there's a female member here who who attacks Moon Knight, and do you see that he grabs her leg and then he kind of he like swings yeah. it like a like a sack of spuds at um some other people as well. Uh, just you know he he doesn't care. He's a he's a very violent fellow. I found it interesting in that as well that you see um the spirits of um you know the identities of Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant there when she kicks him. Um, uh, and actually, uh, when he gets punched as well by, you know, the other thugs, you actually see his other identities there as well, um, which is a pretty cool touch. Um, but yeah, he, he's throwing crescent darts, um, you know, he's kicking, he's, he's breaking teeth, uh, and that splash page, uh, with the deep reds of him, kind of like, they kind of zoom in to what he's doing, uh, and although they're kind of really close, tight shots, you can see what he's like you can see what he's doing. Like he's um he's kicking into joints, like kicking knees, uh, he's dislocating elbows, and it's all quite um quite vicious. But it's so well done. And the thing you do with having this um, and Moon Knight um, drawn multi- in multiple areas is that you spend a lot more time. Like I spend a lot more time looking at this spread, like just following his his um his motion and watching him take down every single thug. Uh, it's quite detailed, and it's uh, yeah, it's quite a quite a standout page, I think. Yeah, and oh, once again, like um, just sort of the lovely blend of colours as well. Just the you know that design of a nice full spread, and then you get the you know drenched in red. Um, you know the the close ups in the red, mm. and that just contrasts so nicely with the double page spread and you realize Burroughs just could do whatever you want. Like the swing of the, the woman is absolutely ridiculous. The <laughs> pushing someone overboard. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a, and, and it culminates in, as you mentioned, Connor, he um, takes a couple of fingers off Bushman as well. So uh, he has no, you know, he's not going to hold back. And uh, again, I found this kind of semi humorous as well, because We've had Paul Bushman's face being cut off by Moon Knight, and now he's lost a couple of fingers. I wonder if um, gradually we see him just slowly lose limbs and, and uh, appendages to Moon Knight. But he's not having a good run with Moon Knight, and I reckon you'd you'd um, score the fight firmly in Moon Knight's round uh, in Moon Knight's corner. Sorry, against Bushman. Um, but yeah, it uh, he, he kind of. Um, Bushman is succumbed by this, I guess, act of violence as Moon Knight throws this away. And a little a little note here, I thought, I've actually got it in the notes. Uh, what I find at the very end, um, so if you look, Connor, at the bottom panel, he goes, now one of you, show me what's the deal with this stupid boat. I did find that kind of, um, kind of a bit of poor writing, if I can say, in the sense that um, I think Bemis had to find a, a purpose for Moon Knight to explore the boat. Um, and it's kind of just summed up in that little panel there. Um, what's the deal with this stupid boat? I mean, but really, would he be um, would he be really wondering about that? I mean, for me, if you know, if I was Moon Knight and taken on board this vessel, the whole point was to go to this island to meet the Sun King, and so it would just be a, a ship, right? You'd just be using a ship. So yeah. I don't, I don't really quite buy why he's kind of interested. Or wants to look around the vessel. I mean, I understand why, writing point of view, but I found it to get there was a little, a little too quick and a little too simple for me. 
And you also um, point out another another point just before that where, you know, I talked about some of the writing just feeling, mm. you know, like a lot of it's good, but there's just this one line of the, um, you know, the I'm not one of those superheroes who won't straight up kill you, Bushman. Like, it just feels so... Yeah. clunky like is almost as if like we didn't we didn't need that line and it's it's kind of just sort of a really basic line like hey if you've never mm-hmm. read moon knight yeah. he kills i guess like yeah i don't know i feel like there was a, a a better way to say it like whether he didn't need to say it at all or there could have been like a cool line there it just yeah 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 i don't know i think you're right i think it's there just to kind of define him as not your not your daredevil or whatever like he, he will he will kill or he'll he'll do stuff he'll cut you you know if he if he wants um yeah uh the other um if we are to limit ourselves to i guess the four main aspects the other big aspect to this um to this story to this issue i thought was basically uh on the island the isle of ra and meeting the sun king and the Sun King setting up a ritual with Mark Spector, and that ritual being to sit in front of a fire, basically to um, to drink up a, a uh, concoction which will um, form some sort of psychedelic or hallucinogenic, um, you know, uh, properties um, on, onto you. And uh, and what we see here when Mark drinks it is that he has a well, he and the Sun King have a um, a meeting almost with Amon Ra, um, the Sun God, and Konshu, and uh, and what this does is that actually it's basically Amon Ra kind of justifying, you know, he's kind of pitching where he's coming from, um, and how I guess Konshu's Konshu in general is inadequate to deal with it. Um, and this actually caused a lot of discussion, Connor, as well, with a lot of the loonies. So I'll just um, I'll just summarise it. Basically, Amon Ra saying that well, um, heroes who do stuff, there are a lot of repercussions to what they do, uh, and they aren't necessarily good repercussions. They they actually probably cause more problems. Uh, also, that um, in order to in order to, I guess, have a, a prophet or, or have some sort of saviour, you do need to uh, have, I guess, some sort of pain or tragedy in the world. Um, and so this is all the stuff that's, uh, that Amon Ra is kind of like really pitching for and saying that, you know, this is... I don't know. Uh, at one, he's, he's questioning um, the role of the hero and at the other, he's kind of justifying um, all the bad all the bad stuff and all the pain and suffering in the world. Um, yeah. What did you make of this, Connor? This was quite a, um, quite a, a dense, um, bit of, uh, I don't know, um, motives like from, from, yeah. Yeah. I really, um, just first of all, I love this bit. I think it was such a, Mm. you know, ridiculously, you know, psychedelic way of doing it. It just made it so much more interesting. And, you know, the writing is very dense and very confusing. Like, you know, obviously there's no right way to interpret it, but it doesn't feel clunky in the same way. It just mm. feels dense and more interesting than, you know, Ra going, superheroes are the bad guys after mm. all. Yeah. And I think I think you've, you very much hit the nail on the head about sort of, you know, Ra talking about the pain of inspiring a soul. And I think if I pull up the page... Um... Oh, the spread, yeah. 
yeah, the spread, yeah, um, he's, him talking about, you know, also as well that, um, talking about the righteousness of heroes, he very mm-hmm. much, once again, just sort of points holes in the fact of this, you know, peace through violence, this sort of, yes. you know, would they save, talking about saving killers and saving something that would cause cataclysm, yeah. and, you know, just sort of poking the idea that what is, what is your righteousness for when essentially all you're doing is creating once again more problems but also like basically um as sort of what this battle of you know order and chaos represents you know you basically are just making it so limited and so basic in the way of stopping the true pain and inspiration that comes from there in like the hearts of the poets and once again Ra trying to prove that through chaos comes like beauty and all that in a way by also burning up Konshu. Yeah, yeah. Which is a bit rude. And uh, <laughs> and, and they've got some re- he's got three really cool illustrations here and tying it into the rest of the Marvel Universe. So at uh, the first one he's got Galactus and he's got Moon Knight almost like the Herald of Galactus, kind of like a silver surfer. There, and he talks about the uh, cataclysmic collapse throughout the universe where billions will die if uh, the harmony is disrupted. So he's talking about um, if you save the life of an insect, um, uh, lives of uh, an insect, um, what was that, sorry, breeding ground, uh, of an insect breeding ground on a single speck of rock, um, basically you, you'll disrupt the greater, the greater picture. Um, and he's got he's got Silver Surfer there and Galactus um, as kind of like a, a, an example of that. The second one we've got Days of Future Past. We have um, Wolverine and Kitty Pride with the Sentinels, and the Sentinel, Sentinels here now are depicted almost like Moon Moon Knights. Um, they've got their capes and the Moon Crescents on their on their chest. Uh, and this other um, argument that Ra posits is that. Um, would you systematically save born killers knowing the danger they pose to society? So um, I guess there's that connection there to the mutants um, um, and, you know, saving them or or eliminating them, I guess. And the, the third one is of, um, of the Fantastic Four here. So you have all of Mark's identities speaking to Ben Grimm, Reed Richards, Sue Storm and Johnny, Johnny Storm, and I guess this is about their their journey into um, into space, Connor. I think, um, and this is about them exploring the unknown. Uh, I guess that's a tie to the Fantastic Four. Mm. Yeah, I love that the fact that you know you still have Jake giving the speech in a <laughs> in a hat and face yeah. yeah, mustache. Exactly. Well, at least they all know they've got a ride home as well. So. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's um, so anyway, so Ra, you know, speaks of all this and he kind of questions the, the role of the hero and, uh, you know, the greater picture. And, and at the end, um, the end of the issue, we have Mark now kind of questioning his own beliefs and faith in Ra and basically saying Ra, oh, sorry, uh, beliefs in Konshu and basically him admitting now that Ra may possibly be right. So, yeah, so we're left with the last issue with potentially Moon Knight um, swayed to the other side, which I doubt because there's got to be some sort of conflict at the end. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it's, an, it's a nice one to end on. Um, did you happen to see this coming, Connor? I did not expect this at all. 
No, not at all. It's a it's a nice little twist that uh, I'm sure probably like the last one will be resolved in the first few pages, as comic book cliffhangers do. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I really I really like that. I think you know mm-hmm. the way we see Ra in the focus was good. Although I, I do admit that cl- like that line once again, like I get its point, but it's just sort of another thing of like. You know, Ra was right. Just sort of the way it said just feels not quite as natural as you'd want it to be. But yeah, it, I like the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Um, any any notes uh, for for this issue, Connor, that you can think of? If Rebecca was here, she definitely um pointed out for us as she pointed out to me the first time. But um, the Deatrice is playing with Dazzler in a. Lady Hawkeye figures, oh. which makes Marlene the best mum. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, in the um. Oh, cool. Yeah, in the first pages. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I didn't see. And she's got a Game Boy for some reason. A, yeah, small Game Boy. Wow. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I um. Well, actually, on the back of that, I do like the humour. A bit of the humour on this uh this issue, I thought worked. Uh, one of the ones in particular I thought was funny was uh, on the um speaking to the Sun King. Uh, he goes, um, point those guns elsewhere, friends. And Moon Knight goes, really, why? He goes, you and I both know you won't hurt me until you see Marlene breathing. And Moon Knight says, that's true. And Sun King goes, and I could just burn your flesh off. And Moon Knight goes, you didn't have to go there. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a bit funny. Nice little quick interchange and, and a little quippy. Um, yeah, so some of the humour worked here, I thought. Um, and yeah, getting a lot more used to it. Um, but yeah, uh, what else have we got? Um, Note-wise, I had Moon Knight's fighting, fighting skills. Um, the depiction of Bushman uh, is still very different from his older, his old iteration, Connor, I thought. Um, what do you think of Bushman, the way he's depicted uh, in this issue? I, yeah, I actually like him a lot more than I did at the start. I think, you know, he's ridiculous and nothing yeah. at all, like he once was, but I feel like the characterization is still strong and funny and humorous. I think, like, yeah, the the, the the attempt to cut his face off was, like, enough of, like, the old Bushman's still there, and I think it's a good use of comedy if for the sake of a character that I'm pretty sure can be pretty easily, you know, recovered. Like, Bushman being, you know, fat and lazy in this run can easily be taken over by him getting you know, fit and murderous by the next creative team. Yeah. So it, it, it's like, I, I like it, and it just doesn't doesn't feel cataclysmic for the character. Okay, yeah, he um he, he certainly teeters from being scary to, to being quite comical for me. Um, so it, it's, uh, I don't know, uh, the jury's still out for me, I think, with, with this Bushman. He's certainly very different. Um, and uh, look, I like, I like how he acts and interacts with the truth and... Um, and the Sun King, um, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, he's a very different character. He, he's, they certainly have a lot of scary moments here for him. I, I guess when he's cutting the side of Mark's face with his knife and licking his um, his sharp teeth, you know, he, he's not your he's not just your B list uh, Spider Man villain. You know, there's a there's a bit more to him um, to that. But uh, yeah, but then you have him, uh, then you have him saying stuff like he and the truth. Uh, quite comical i think together because the truth just um sometimes uses his his power on on bushman to make him say silly things so um 
so yeah so when you say and, and it's a great way of using the blue text as well so you know that this is the stuff that the truth mm. is kind of insinuating onto you and so when Bushman's talking to the truth and he goes oh when Mark talks we listen he's all I really have in this world and then he kind of slaps the truth at the back of their head because he just realizes you know a truth's come out um it's all pretty funny so yeah uh yeah Bushman's um quite an interesting character I think uh, but yeah, we'll see, I guess, down the line, past this arc, uh, how he's depicted, but certainly very different from all the other past iterations. So yeah, uh, Bemis has got uh, ideas for him, I guess. Um, yeah, and I wonder if yep. Bemis will be around long enough for um, us to see his return. Yeah, I do wonder how long, how many um, issues they're going to give Moon Knight for this run as well. Um, I'm hoping... Ugh, Hoping up into the twenty twenty four or something like that. Mm. Yeah, you never know. Um, I don't know how sales are going as well. It might be. I don't know. Have you have you had a look or do you know Connor? If uh, I don't know. If, no, um, there hasn't been any news just yet. I mean, we're hitting into a new era of Marvel. Yeah, I suppose we could have talked about that. Got announced, but everything uh, solicitations wise seems to be, you know, pretty. Pretty positive with, you know, still yeah. keeping with our old boy. Okay, because I know one of the sad things was that um, Iron Fist, I think, um, yeah. wrapping up. Oh my God. I mean, like, it will, it will probably come back again, you know, down the track, but it's it's a shame that it's stopping because it's one of the really strong runs, I think. I really enjoyed that. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess having said that, Connor, shall we get to our Crescent Dart ratings for this? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. do you want to lead the way, good sir? Yeah, okay, I was uh, I was having a little think about this earlier today, what I would give it. Um, I think I'll give it a three and a half crescent darts out of, out of five. Um, so it was, I, I did find it quite enjoyable um, myself. Uh, there, there were a, f- a few flaws in it. Um, but I thought the pacing, overall pacing, was good, and I thought the voicing, the voicings were were good as well. Um, there were also a couple of uh, really, I don't know, very abstract ideas. I think from uh, from Bemis uh, that were articul- articulated in in quite an abstract way, uh, which kind of really, I don't know, I guess, it added a bit of depth to it. Uh, what we forgot to mention, kind of, was also that conversation that Mark had with the truth just on the bow of the boat as they approached the island. Yeah. And I think that was um, quite important. It, again, it's um, something that it was, uh, it was very vague, I guess, um, as to what, what it, I guess, what the message was. Uh, let me just try and find it. Basically, uh, where are we? Okay. So basically Mark tells the truth of uh, of a vision he has every day. And he sees uh, lovers um, and dreamers and I guess people piled up waist deep in the streets. And it has him walking through these twisted bodies, um, utterly powerless. Uh, and it's not because he wants to save them, but it's... Um, he has a fear, and and what motivates him is not not to save these lives, but it is um, that his his fear is that his sanity is built on a lie, um, and 
It ends with him saying, my hope for a better world is my most tragic form of dissociation. And the way I took that was that basically um, his mercenary, I think he's got a lot of guilt from his mercenary days still. Um, and he's been trying to justify that by doing heroic deeds, um, you know, by becoming a superhero. But I still don't think... I still don't think it sits well with him. I think that's basically what would I get from it. Um, is that how you interpret it as well? Yeah, I think so. Like this sort of, um, I think there's always, I think he almost fears a hypocrisy in what he does. Mm. In his, um, yeah, that's well put. Yeah, just his, as you said, you know, his almost quest for righteousness is still drowned by a, a, both a violent past and, the violence of his, um, of like what's happening now. And, you know, Ra even attacks on this later when he talks about, you know, Deatrice being raised in that generation. Then, mm. you know, it's his fear of not just the people, but it's the lovers and dreamers, just sort of the death from his own violence, which I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, sad. I think. Well I th- put. Yeah, I think you've um, I think you summed it up there, but it it just kind of goes. This is one of the examples. I think it goes to show with Bemis's writing that he really does uh, add a density to it. That um, around these these uh, these ideas, which you know are, are simple enough, um, and I found that with the Amon Ra um, description and and his justification to Mark Spector as well, it was. Uh, I don't want to say verbose, but um, may, maybe it was a bit a bit too much overriding for for simple ideas, and and, and so you know apart from those kind of instances as well, I, I enjoyed the flow of the of the issue, and that's why I kind of gave it three and a half. I would give it more, um, uh, yeah, if there were I don't know just the little things there like um, like you know Frenchie's accent. And and these these ideas that he he springs into the issue, I don't know. Maybe if it could be written, um, I don't know, in a different way. But that's just me. <laughs> how how about you, kind of? I hundred percent agree with you. I'd give it three and a half. I think good pacing, good ideas, um, great art, great colours. Good writing that's let down by some clunky lines. It just, you know, everything happening in this is so, is, I really enjoy and how psychedelic it got, but there's just moments of writing and I think even just the pacing in general that just lets this issue down mm-hmm. from truly reaching its greatness. Mm. So, so yeah, not as strong as others, but I still, I still very much enjoyed it. So three and a half does yeah. it well for me. I mean, a run that's been sort of, you know, Four and four and a half. Yeah, I mean, three and a half uh, is is a pretty good score as well. Um, uh, and it, it, as we we both mentioned, uh, we're both eager to see how it pans out in the next issue. So um, we'll be checking that out for sure. Uh, before we move on, Connor, as well, we have a, a fair bit of feedback on our Facebook um, page, Facebook group. Uh, we put uh, as we usually do with a new issues we put the uh, a spoiler thread in there and you can just post your comments there of what you thought of the issue um so we got a a a variety of um comments here um shall we shall we go through them i think that sounds like a lovely idea Mm -hmm. okay well i'll i'll hit the first one with um 
Midkine Hitsuzen, uh, and he was the first off the um, cab off the ranks, and he says, totally out of character for Bushman to apologise. Goodness, how soft uh, have you turned, Raoul? So he's just talking about, I, I guess there is that panel there where um, Bushman does apologise. He goes, oh, I know, I'm sorry. Um, and, yeah, a little bit of out of character, I think, as well, for someone so cutthroat and someone so... Uh, let's face it, so diabolical. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll point that out there, Midcan. Um, and then following up from that, we have Bobby of Moon Knight Court. Check it out, dropping some fire memes on us. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he would have uh, posted that great one and putting out the uh, Sun King's tropical look yes. and attitude in this issue. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there is a bit of talk, I guess, about Sun King. He, he does look... Again, there's a bit comical because he's on this tropical island, so he's got, you know, he's got your, your three-quarter board shorts on, he's got your sunnies, and he's got your open shirt. Yeah, it's, uh, and that for a, a main villain is, I don't know, it just kind of throws you. Um, our mid can actually responds to this by saying, yeah, he looks like he's going to star in a CSI episode. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, uh, um, definitely made an impression there. Um, the Sun King. Uh, look, I'm just going to skip a, fur- a bit further down. Uh, won't go too much into the discussions. That's uh, just a bit of bit of fun banter. Um, Midkin as well goes. Also, Bushman, good job on getting something other than your face cut off. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a uh, um, look. We got someone here. Uh, actually, you've got our guest narrator Corey Hardiman here, mm, and uh, dropping he- the first hot take. Mm, yeah, Corey's great. Corey's great because he, uh, you know. So obviously you know what you know it's true what he what he um what he writes in, and uh, so he wasn't too happy with the issue, and he said, um, "I hate saying this, but I'm ready for this run to be over and a new team to take the reins. I love the cover, even though it has nothing to do with the story except for maybe symbolically. I also love the splash page, but that's where my positives end. The transition between scenes was really disjointed." I also don't think the colouring does it any justice, not enough shading. Kind of reminds me of comics from the 80s in that regard. It was fine then, but nowadays I think a colourist should be capable of much more. Sorry for sounding like a hater. Uh, I'd much rather be excited over how much I love the book, but I'd be lying. I'm happy for those that do get full enjoyment out of it, though. I'm hoping the finale to this storyline in the next issue is great. Uh, So no Thank you so much, Corey, for that as well. And, um, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from with the colours. Uh, it is a different sort of colouring, isn't it, Connor? It is a lot flatter in that mm. regard. If you if you imagine it to um, uh, even, say, the Houston and the Finch run, where ones that we've reviewed recently, which is a lot, there's a lot more tone to it, you know, a lot more dark and shade and the colours are, you know, kind of bleed into each other. This one... You, you very much get contrasting palette. Um, look, I, I put that down to Matt Lopez's style, I guess. Um, that and maybe collaboration with Jason Burroughs. Uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but um, yeah, it's a certain style. Hmm. Yeah. I um. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. It's just always subjective because I. Mm. I really enjoy the colours here, but it's just you know in every way this run sort of tries to cut away from the um the norm yeah which you know doesn't always work for everyone or doesn't always work in and of itself when you try yeah 
Yeah, for sure. Um, how about there's a, there's a few messages there that I've posted up there, Connor. <laughs> how about um, <laughs> how about how about dropping down to Adam, our good mate Adam. Good mate Adam, big fan of Adam. Yeah, big fan of all our loonies, but yes, you could say he's the prime. I just really wanted to make that joke. Um, <laughs> anyway, Adam says. I thought the scene between Bra and Conchu was cool, but is a little played out nowadays. Very fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most valid point a villain can ever make is that what he's doing for the betterment of all humanity instead of a select few is the fact that neglect and tragedy shape true prophets and saviors, a valid reason to fight against evil. Is it righteousness to save born killers knowing the danger they pose to society? On a galactic, se- galactic scale, would you save the world if it would trigger cas- cataclysmic collapse throughout the universe? It's a cool conundrum for a hero, but it seems pretty cliche at this point, which I agree, which I think is probably why, you know, we sort of got this very white sort of stuck out so much when there was this very sort of flamboyant writing style and very dense, just because I suppose that, you know, helps try to cut it away from, you know, what is very much a played out storyline. Mm. Oh, uh, for sure. And I think, yeah, Adam has really cut to the core here with all those, I mean, that last thing as well. Um, would you say, so is alluding to that Galactus, um, Moon Knight slash Silver Surfer image mm. of, uh, would you save the world if it would trigger catas- cataclysmic collapse throughout the universe? And yeah, I, I do think this idea is, is a bit, um, is a bit cliched and a, and a bit, um, you know, a bit overused. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Um, and I think the way that Bemis has worded it, he's basically, he's padded it out, um, padded out a, a very, common kind of trope <laughs> if i can use chris's word uh for you know for the villains and so i wasn't totally convinced that you know mark would be swayed by this i mean because it's surely it, it's it's a, an argument that you know that we've heard all before as well so yeah good point there adam i really enjoyed that um yeah uh, he also yeah. adds a, oh you want to go that one Oh no! Um, just just his little yeah. The boat scene was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I certainly was. Oh, I mean, like I think Connor and I both agreed as well. It was. Uh, it was again. I can't not use the word cinematic. It was quite cinematic, and and I understand. I remember Bemis saying in one of the early articles that his run will be quite cinematic, and and I can see it. Um, you can almost imagine the rocking of the boat in those waves, and then Moon Knight taking on all those um, all those thugs. It was really cool. Um, look, I'll just also continue here. Just a, mm. another small comment here from Raphael, uh, and he says, "I don't know if it's just me, but I always, but always, I see the Sun King, even if he looks and acts okay. Something inside of me keeps saying, run the f away out of there. Uh, I think is my newest fear, and um, I can't. I can see where you're coming from, Raphael, as well. It's because he seems so self-assured and so um, so humble and." Uh, he doesn't seem like a villain at all, and it's those sorts of people that you've got to worry about the most. Yeah, I, I always, I totally agree, um, Raphael, and it's totally been my favourite thing about this character ever since that first issue of this sort of, and the second as well was really great with Sean, that just so charismatic but so diabolical and evil and just mm. how quickly he switches from one to the next just makes him such a brilliant character in my eyes. Yeah, and, and the fact that he's quite powerful as well, so there's that tension of, like, you just don't know whether he's going to, you know, burn you to a crisp. I mean, he can just do that with a, a, a um, flick of a switch. So, uh, yeah, yeah, very scary indeed. 
Connor, I'll gonna gonna sorry, I'm gonna give you the big one from uh, from Frank. Let's do this. All right. Um, uh, just scroll past it. Frank says, um, "Well, I must say before I read the issue, I read like two comments on here, and I saw stuff like can't wait for this run to be over. Initially thought people are being too harsh. I'm sure it's good." And then he drops four disappointed <laughs> face emojis. <laughs> Heartbreaking turn so quickly. Oh, no. By the end of the first page, I was drained of my energy. Oh. One. Frenchie's accent just up and went away. It seemed more like a soap opera scene where people stand on their mask and recite lines instead of a fluid convo. Hard to explain. The art felt flat. Someone said something about needing more shadowing. I agree. Mm-hmm. Need to put a footnote telling readers to read another writer's run. Really? That box that box extracted me from the little bit I was engaged all the way out of the story and made it feel more like a chore than a pleasure. Uh, an- uh, another thing, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Mark going to the island anyway? Wasn't that the purpose of having Frenchie babysit? Mm-hmm. And what was the point of having a bunch of goons coming to force Mark to ride the boat there? And at what point in history of Moon Knight would he sit down and listen to the likes of those thugs? <laughs> and how is Bushman punking the truth? Well, Bushman's a little punk himself, <laughs> called out. <laughs> then he allows to tie him up in a boat. I agree with another loony Bushman wouldn't have apologized. And where did MK get those crescent darts? Actually, that's a fair point. Yeah. You're going to tell me they tied him up and didn't take his weapons? Could have pulled out a crescent dart and cut the ropes at any moment. I did enjoy the double-page action on the boat with the red panel showing details on the encounters from the background. A nice touch. Then Bushman says, you don't scare me, Spectre. After just an issue or two ago, he said, Moon Knight scares the crap out of me. <laughs> Question marks all around. Yeah. Uh, I did like the cutting of the fingers off and MK saying, you can't replace those, but they'll never be yours again. Next time, I won't be satisfied with a piece of you. But then the next uh, bubble was worded weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those superheroes who doesn't straight up kill you, Bushman. Seems like a double negative. Definitely agree that was... Yeah. Probably the clunkiest bit of that scene. Um, the, and then your point, why does he ask to deal with the boat? What would make him think there was a deal other than to get him to the island? Mm-hmm. And MK's tortoise are the same. That, was, that is one of the most underrated names ever. Was he trying to relate to the kid or insult him? <laughs> um, I definitely just see... Um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, Beamus is a, as a rocker. I bet, he, I bet yeah. he's met a few Byrons out there partying. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he just loves the name. Yeah. Uh, the whole combo was creepy and awkward in my opinion. Then the heart-to-heart with the truth. And where is Bushman during all this? Off looking his wounds. <laughs> it is dark when they're within range of the island. Then all of a sudden it is midday. Sun high in the sky. The whole combo with the sun god was weird. Only part I liked was we fight to the death tomorrow. <laughs> and that's all I will comment on. There are a few good parts, but it seems very disconnected, and a lot doesn't add up or make any sense. The characters are not the way they are known to be. It's borderline annoying. Just my thoughts of it. Yes, and thank you, Frank, um, who I shall dub the Punisher. I told him because <laughs> he's got a cool first name. Uh, Frank, with these uh, the hot takes here, um, very cool. And look, and and I've commented as well, responded to him as well, and, and look, all valid because... You know, we like to respect everyone's comments and um, people read and, and enjoy comics in different ways. 
Um, but yeah, look, there, look, I started um, responding to a lot of the points here as well. Much, much of them I agreed as well. But um, let's just quickly go through this, Connor. So just the bullet quick fire points number one french's accent just up and went away we've discussed that as well look i thought it was a bit weird that it wasn't there um you thought that um you kind of wanted it there as well didn't you yeah yeah like i don't mind it being taken away but you know yeah yeah i didn't run too much but it did for consistency exactly but it did it did kind of i did put my ears up for that um, it seemed like number two is it seemed like a soap opera scene where the people stand on the market recite lines. I think this probably leads kind of to your what you mentioned about the writing being a little clunky. Um, I, I certainly didn't pick it up when I read it, but I can see that's where Frank um, is coming from. Uh, so I understand that. Um, the art felt flat. Um, it needed more shadowing, and I think we talked about this as well. Um, just, I guess it's all very subjective, uh, and how how you like your colouring and your shading as well. But um, yeah, this is very much depicted uh, in a more of a matte, to me, more more of a matte thing. Uh, the devil's in the details, I think, as well. So um, if you do look at a lot of Burroughs' stuff, a lot of close ups, he does he does chuck in a lot of details on um, on the figures themselves. Uh, so yeah, it, it just depends on what you like, I guess. Um, the, about the footnote, I responded to uh, the Punisher here. I told him, yeah, I thought it was actually quite good. I like the um, it's a hark to the to the past, you know, with the old editor's notes, and uh, I actually kind of really enjoyed it having that yeah, little one there. So. Yeah, um, but again, very subjective. So um, yeah. So another thing, uh, yeah, I found this yeah really troublesome, and I totally agree with Frank as well. It's just one of those instances of a pure coincidence. So Moon Knight was going to go to the island, um, and you know he probably had no idea how he was going to get there or what he was going to do. But uh, fortuitously, fortuitously enough, um, Bushman comes up and they they take him basically to the island. So so it was very convenient, I think. And um, yeah, that that kind of irked me as well, Frank. I thought I thought that was a bit um, a bit too too neat. I think. Um, uh, the next one about uh, Moon Knight sitting down uh, look he might have just been sitting down to see how it plays out he probably knows well that he can take down the whole room of thugs himself um, so he's probably he's probably doing a Black Widow and probably just you know trying to see how things pan out that's how I took it um, and the mm-hmm. same with him being tied up to the boat as well did you did you think that Connor as well I thought that he's just playing along yeah, me too. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you, you're right, totally. A very classic, you know, spy, Black yeah. Widow, top of their game. They're yeah. They're going to be kicked down by this. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, like, he had a plan. Well, he, he easily got out of the ropes anyway. Um, so he, you know, I think being tied to the mask was nothing for him. Uh, another one, yeah, Bushman shouldn't have apologised. Yeah, I thought that was a little out of character. But as we mentioned, Bemis uh, is treating Bushman a, a little differently. Um, and yeah, the crescent darts, that's true as well. Look, that would be in his, in his belt. Um, and absolutely, I don't know why they wouldn't have taken them off him. Um, they certainly would have taken his truncheon. So, uh, yep, that's a good, good point spotted out there. Um, double page spread. Yep. Uh, Bushman says, yeah, I thought, I thought maybe this is a bit of bravado. So when Bushman says, you don't scare me, Spectre, and he, he earlier admitted that he was scared. I think it's just him putting on a face, uh, no pun intended, mm. yeah, to, uh, hey. <laughs> to Mark. So, yeah, but, I mean, again, good good call, Mark. Uh, sorry, not Mark. Good call, Frank. Um, 
yeah, all these double negatives. It's, yeah, a bit of clunky writing there. Totally agree as well. Um, and, yeah, why does he ask about the boat? Absolutely. I found that so so weird and such a such a dodgy excuse to look around the boat. Uh, the little kid, Byron, um, yeah, could, could be either, either or, I think. You know, who knows with Mark? He could be insulting the kid or he could be trying to relate to him. I don't know. Um, and interesting enough, yep, um, Bushman licking his wounds as Mark talks to the truth. Yeah, you'd think that Bushman would be pretty pissed off at Mark and any chance to try and cut his fingers off or something. But um, no, he's uh, maybe he's on the toilet. Who knows? Um, and the other one is, uh, yep, a bit of timing issue. Dark at night. Maybe, you know, maybe they all slept on it. Um, much like... Uh, much like, uh, what's his name, Jack Norris and the Zodiac. You know, after a hard day's rocking, they just, I'm just going to bed. So, um, yep. And, uh, yeah, so that that's basically about it, yeah. It was, uh, and the whole conversation between the sun god, yeah, it was a bit strange. Um, I agree with you, Frank, and it uh, was a bit, a bit too wordy for what the message was, I thought. Um, but, yeah, thank you. Thank you for those... Uh, for those um, those points, uh, just a couple of other ones. Uh, now we got uh, one from Josh as well, a big Moon Knight fan, and uh, Josh says uh, pretty good issue. I'd give it hey. He said I'd give it three and a half hey. present darts. <laughs> hey, same same. Uh, cover is amazing, even though nothing of the sort happens. The entire boat scene was awesome. The splash page of Moon Knight taking out every individual enemy was one of the best comic pages I've ever seen. Whoa. That's a big uh, big call there, Josh, but uh, I'm with you. Uh, I also liked how the truth made Bushman reveal his true feelings about Mark, yeah, before slapping him on the back of the head. Very funny moment. Yep, I, I think the humour was pretty funny throughout this issue. Um, I also loved how in the Ra's monologue to Conchu, they showed the Moon Knight, the Silver Surfer, Sentinels, and the Personas as scientists teaching the Fantastic Four. Absolutely, Josh. I think that was a nice a nice excuse to tie it into other Marvel characters because, you know, let's face it, Moon Knight in this whole run as well, has been quite ostracised from the rest of the Marvel Universe. Mm. So, um, yeah, uh, very good visual re- um, representation of Ra's words. Yep, uh, totally agree with that. Um, similar thoughts, Connor? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, and there's one there, Connor, you want to grab that one from... Uh, yeah, just... Uh... Just uh, sort of two quick ones. Yeah. Uh, Lewis just uh, been a bit confused over the zombie thing as we yep. all were. Yeah. So, you know, uh, once yeah. again, how that works into the writing. Sort of up to you guys. Yeah, so so what what did we come to, Connor? What do you reckon? Do you reckon... So you're still thinking Frenchie was there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I still very much think Frenchie was there, but if he wasn't, like, once yeah. again, I'll, look, just, I'll admit my just, feelings. Just for the sake of it, I'll go against and I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll change my mind and I reckon Frenchie wasn't there at all. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> Interesting to see next issue. Yeah, what happens? Like, does Frenchie fly in, you know, later on to save Mark? Uh, who knows? Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Um, and finally, Vaughn. Sorry? Oh, no, go on. Go on. Oh, no, sorry. Just oh, Actually, this is a uh, just a small uh, message here from Vaughn. Uh, mentioning got my copy, couldn't wait. Now I can't wait to see what happens next. So uh, absolutely, I think we're, we're all on that same page as well. Um, so thank you so much, Loonies, for all that, inf- all that feedback. Um, that was really good. It was certainly a, uh, 
an interesting issue to um, to read through. Always fun with the latest issues. Um, you know, I do love doing the the classic runs and the modern runs, but whenever a new issue comes out, um, it is very exciting indeed. Um, yeah. So, having said that, um, Connor, next phase. Um, next phase. Um, as we said, we are hitting. The big number two of the Damnation event, yeah. uh, Damnation issue two, as part of the uh, podcast crossover with Inner Demons, uh, the Ghost Rider podcast, Defenders TV podcast, and Sons of the Dragon and Immortal Iron Fist podcast. And uh, we will have, of course, our the big man of himself, possibly. Mm-hmm. Tommy. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm kidding. It's Tommy. It's Tommy once again. Yes. Big shout out to him and all the loonies we got. You know, we've had some loonies on the pod doing the bare bones. You know, we created this. This well, Ray created this group before it even became a podcast to you know just celebrate Moon Knight and talk about fans. So it's just not us talking about him and created such a great community. And we can't wait to hear from all of you. So yeah, bare bones will be great to have Tommy on. It's all just great. Keep yeah. it all coming in. Oh yeah, can't can't wait to um, have Tommy on board. Be quite exciting and Damnation too. So it's you know it's not a Moon Knight title, but hopefully there'll be enough Moon Knight in there for the three of us to um, to discuss. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it and and getting uh, Tommy's thoughts on that as well. Uh, for spectacle and as Connor mentioned as well, uh, we've had Loonies on before, and this episode we had Corey Hardiman on from Nova Scotia in Canada. And want to give him a massive shout out. Thank you so much, Corey, for um, for turning around such a quick recording for us for the bare bones. Um, Corey is the creator of Sister Mercy. Uh, it's a it started out as a comic, um, and unfortunately, he lost his artist. So, um, so it, it, he's turning it into a novel as we speak. Uh, and once the novel is completed, he hopes to maybe eventually turn that into a graphic novel. Uh, so that can be found. You can find the the, um, the comic, uh, the 10 pages, at uh, Whitefire Comics. So just go to whitefirecomics.com. Um, Sister Mercy also has a Facebook page as well. So if you just um, if you look up Sister Mercy uh, on Facebook, I'm sure you'll find it. We'll put up the... Um, the links to both of these in our show notes and uh, just to cap it off as well pardon me um Corey has given us a, a summary a blurb on sister mercy so sister mercy is best described as joan of arc meets the walking dead with mutants instead of zombies it takes place generations after the end of civilization deep in a post-apocalyptic world with the planet itself in its death throes what few survivors remain have long ago lost sight of the line between right and wrong, doing whatever they can to see another day at any cost. Mercy is the last good person in the world, and she's on a mission, guided by what is either the voice of God or her own schizophrenia. Um, and Corey actually mentions here, oh, geez, how, how close similarities are with, with Moon Knight as well, <laughs> as well as Joan of Arc. Um, she must face swarms of mutants, depraved survivors and more in an effort to reach her nemesis, the Black Pope, Petrus Romanus. Uh, but what she does not know is that he's been waiting for her and everything is going exactly as he's 
planned it. So, yeah, it sounds very cool indeed. I'm going to pick this up. I'm going to give it a go. Um, and hopefully we can see the, the final iteration on Amazon of the, the novel as well. So uh, it sounds pretty cool. I do like my, um, my Walking Dead and post-apocalyptic stuff. Uh, Connor, what do you, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I'll definitely be diving in. I'm not sure whether I want to hit that comic first or wait for the full novel mm. to drop. Yeah, that's I'm all true. about supporting upcoming creators. It's the best thing you can do. So... Yeah. By all means, keep absolutely. an eye on it or check it out now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, well, we are nearly done for this episode. Uh, just a couple of final bits of housekeeping here. Uh, Connor, we also are part of The Collective. Yes. If you would like uh, to find us or have seen us before, um, on our Into the Night podcast at wordpress.com, we have a little tab called The Collective, and The Collective started just before I little... I had uh, my little uh, disappearance from the pod. It is a group of like-minded podcast individuals um, just sort of creating a little bit of a... just a bit of a network to get us all together, all supporting one another another as we grow. Um, By chances, you've probably listened to some of these podcasts. We've had people from this podcast on. We're crossing over with some of them now. It is... Mm -hmm. uh, We have... Um, Attilan Rising, Capes and Lunatic, Defenders TV Podcast, The Fantastic Cast, Geek Street Podcast, I Am Your Target Demographic, Inner Demons, Mixed Marvel Arts, The Namor Podcast, Signal of Doom, Sons of the Dragon, The Immortal Lion Fist Podcast, Uncanny Nerdverse, and We Have a Hulk. All for your pleasure once again at intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com slash the-collective for all of them in one concise little spot for your listening pleasure. Yep, they are all a very, very cool um, podcasts. I've listened to at least one episode from all of them. Um, they're really cool, really a great bunch of people. So, um, yeah, please, if you do love your podcasts, um, help support the podcast community and check those guys out as well. Uh, as for where you can find us, as per usual, we are on email at moonnightpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have the website into the night podcast.wordpress.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, our page is facebook.com slash ITK Moon Knight. And our group, um, Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. Uh, we're also on Twitter at ITK Moon Knight as well as on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Uh, just search for into the night a Moon Knight podcast. Uh, we should be on all, um, most of the, the podcast catches out there, so uh, just find us through there. If not, on our Libsyn page, which is... Um, let me just quickly put that up as well. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes as well, so don't worry about that. But um, Oh, look, I'll chuck it in the notes as well. But uh, we have a Libsyn uh, podcast page as well, so that shows all the, um, the podcast episodes. Uh, as well as our Over the Moon newsletters as well, so you can just download any of them. Uh, and, yeah, that's, once again, thank you so much for listening um, to this episode. Connor, again, so so glad to have you back. It's um, it's, it's been just like, you know, what's the term? Slipping on a glove? Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know, back to, yeah, it, it's great. Um, it's cool. Uh, hopefully... Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some good issues next coming week, uh, and just keep your your, um, your ears out for the other podcasts which we're doing our Damnation crossover with as well. We are the next ones up with Damnation 2, but uh, yeah, Defenders TV podcast, 
Inner Demons, and Sons of the Dragon. Uh, with that, Connor, uh, any any last any last things you want to mention? Uh, no, uh, just good to be back. Can't wait for next week. Love and Damnation. Uh, we'll probably put up even our own spoiler thread in the uh, Into the Night fan base group mm-hmm. for us to have a chat about so we yeah. can do the same Good idea. as we did for this issue next week. Yeah, excellent. Uh, okay, then. Well, thank you so much. And as we always say, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Bye. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.